2: Another incredible episode of the Rants and Gems Real Estate Podcast. My name is Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700, better known as MG the Mortgage Guy.
3: And my name is Kiana Watson, license number three one seven five seven six. Real estate broker extraordinaire, okay? Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. You're looking extraordinary today I too. It. I mean this you color know, is like You know. You know.
3: Matt, <laughs> I, I I I I'm trying to tell you. I'm coming <laughs> with the fashions. If you're doing it, if you wanna do anything, if you watch this show, you just need to come for the fashions. I
2: I came to
4: deliver. Nah, you came with a cape.
2: <laughs> That's when I knew it was serious. I said, this woman came on a cape. Oh, shit. All right, so enough of this, right? Let's introduce our lovely guest to, to the left of you.
3: All right, right here to the left of me, we have Charm City Buyers. Yes. Let's give it up and for them, let's y'all. Let's give it up for them. So, you guys, they're going to tell a little bit, a little bit about themselves, but they are from Baltimore. They are basically developing almost the entire city of Baltimore, if you t- <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you leave it up to me to tell it. And what I love about them, them is they have been out here from vandos to blocks. So they they have started from the bottom, and now they are here. Mm-hmm. And they're here to share a lot of their gifts with us, um, some special announcements, and just let's talk about how you've started to build this wealth and built community through real estate. So let's talk about it. Yeah,
5: thanks for having us. So I'm Kiara. And I'm Khalil. And so we really started investing in real estate fresh out of college. We were a year out. Um, We were really kind of going through this transition, even as a couple, to say, if we're doing this thing together, like, what does that look like long term? You know, if I have my own goals, he has his own goals. If we're going to do this together, what does this look like as a unit? And so we started to play around with a lot of different ideas of investing in businesses. And at that time, I guess it's kind of a new, new because now everyone's doing like, uh, vending machines and stuff yeah. like that. Like we looked <laughs> at a little bit of everything. And real estate was just one of those things that checked the most boxes, and we dove really far into making that happen.
6: Yeah, our criteria was basically like community building, right? Yeah. Positive impact on the world, generating wealth, and something we can pass on. Mm-hmm. So real estate was it for us. Yeah. And um, ever since we started, we never turned back. We just kept moving full steam ahead. Nice. I love it. So when did you guys fall in
2: love with real estate?
5: So I real estate was actually something I had always been interested in. So... V-take all the way back. So I'm close, born and raised in Baltimore. I'm from Pennsylvania. And so growing up, I learned about a town called Hensonville that my ancestors started in 1820s, in the 1820s. Wait, your ancestors mm. started a town? Yeah, did it? Yes. Shit. So this the- is write <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just started. So it's called Hensonville. And it's actually the land that Lincoln University, the first HBCU, sits on is the land of hensonville Wow! and so i was raised learning that story and the power of that and owning land and real estate and, and those types of things and so it kind of was like ingrained in me as a seed to be really interested in that transformation right building neighborhoods building communities doing real estate Um, So that was kind of my start. And then for him, he's always been really entrepreneurial. Yeah, For
6: me, it was entrepreneurship from the jump, always, period. The Mm -hmm. corporate world, it wasn't quite my thing. (laughs) It didn't resonate. It wasn't something that I knew I would love. Um, Mm -hmm. So from like starting at high school with a little uh, 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 company dancing and and doing parties and hosting events and things to like college and then moving forward, I always knew that something about me was going to be in the leadership role. Uh, owning some kind of business, mm-hmm. and when Kiera introduced the idea of, of real estate and buying properties and stuff, I'm like, say less, mm-hmm. say less,
2: keep it going. Yeah, yeah. look, yeah. I love the partnership. Yeah. yeah, how long you guys been together for? About
5: 13 years. Man. Yeah, 13 We've been years. together Ooh. 13 years. We've been married yeah, we for eight. Married for eight years. That, that deserves a hit. Yep. Yeah.
3: yeah.
4: yeah. 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 We met in
6: college, so you know how college is, but we fell in love immediately, and it was yeah. like, all right, he this old. is it. Immediately. immediately. Oh, immediately. No, said immediately. That was, that was also, like, on Let series. him know.
5: Let <laughs> him So check
6: it out. Check it out. How, how we met, right? Um, um, a week before we met, me I saw her Be in so a sorry. dream. <laughs> he oh, said you said what? A week before we met, I saw her in, in a dream, mm. and I like I could barely see her. There was a, a silhouette on the outside, and I woke up, and I'm like, I don't know what that was, but whatever. All right, cool. A week later, my boy set me up on, on the, um, the football team. We go into Lafayette College, her college. It was a rival school. I went to Lehigh mm-hmm. and um, uh, I landed at her apartment and it was like three guys, three girls. The music was good. The drinks <laughs> were pouring. It was just a vibe, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So um, when I saw her sitting on a couch, I'm like, that's her. So of course, I had to introduce myself. One thing led to another. You know, eight years later, eight years of marriage later, mm-hmm. here we are. Man, I that's, amazing. It. I that's that. amazing. I love yeah. that. That's
2: amazing.
5: I love that. That's
6: dope. Yeah. Yeah.
2: College sweethearts mm-hmm. to buying freaking bandos. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell did y'all start buying bandos yeah. together? So, Talk to us about that.
5: So, when we, so we're, um, I graduated, Co. graduated a year before me. When I graduated college, I actually moved to Connecticut. Um, so, I was in Hartford, Connecticut. And Kahlua um, always says he followed love because he was in Baltimore, yeah. so he moved to Connecticut with me for a little while. And so we're both working full time. And I was like, you know, this really isn't isn't it? Like I'm, right. I can't sit here and wait until a pension. I'm not about to fool with these people and put all of everything I want into, you know, what this this company decides to do for for me. And he was the same way. And he was already entrepreneurial. He's like, well, what what we finna do? <laughs> and so um, we bought our first property. Um, and it was a three-unit show in Hartford, Connecticut. And our goal at first was we were going to wholesale, because that's what everybody wants to do when they start real estate, right? And so we are going to wholesale, and so we, all the numbers were good. Um, we bought the property all cash, $26,000, because we had saved up. And What year was this? This was 2012. 20, 20, 2012.
2: 2012. Yeah,
5: 2012. Okay. 2012. Um, we bought it all cash, and um, we were going to wholesale it. And so what happened was at that time, we we're going to RIA meetings. Like we were trying to get in the room with people and, and network and um, nobody would touch it. Mm-hmm. And so what we realized at one point, we were sitting on the stoop of the house after we bought it because we were feeling ourselves at that point. Like we're young. Of course we just bought this house. I'm going to sit on my stoop. So we sat on there and we were just sitting <laughs> and somebody was walking up the street and was like, hey, yo, y'all just bought this house? And we were like, yeah. And he was like, don't y'all know this street called murder? And we was like... What? (laughs) Excuse me? Say that. It's called murder? Don't you know this street called murder? And we was like... (laughs) <laughs> like, sir, I did not know that. You're right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and so, what we learned was that because we were in a new area, a new neighborhood, I'm not from Connecticut, Clue's not from Connecticut. So, we didn't know all the pieces, we knew the numbers. Mm-hmm. And so, what we found was that people were shying away from this neighborhood and this space because of reputation that he had gained over all this time. Um, and so, but we doubled down. And we're like, no, our numbers are good. This is a three-unit property. There's tons of opportunity. We finna do this ourselves. And so um, we did some networking connected with actually a nonprofit in the area that was focused on that neighborhood. Ended up doing a $120,000 renovation for our very first deal.
2: So you're mm. $150,000 in.
5: in. About $150,000 in. Um, we finished that renovation probably about six months or so. Um, and we brought in about $2,700 a month mm. um, in that cash flow, you know, after everything, probably cash flow about eleven twelve hundred dollars 1200 a month nice. on that first deal. On, on um, a murder
6: street.
2: On a murder, murder
5: street. On murder street. And let me tell you, that at that time, it was just us, yeah. right?
6: Fast forward to now. There's a community garden across the street. They yep. repave the street. There's speed humps to slow people down. There are multiple other rehabs mm-hmm. and developments happening. Constru- I mean, we yeah, we feel like we transformed the area or at least played a part in
4: it.
5: Mm-hmm. That's
6: dope. That's, That's dope. People seeing
5: the opportunity because what we found and this kind of laid the foundation for everything that we do, even in Baltimore now, that we have to see opportunities in our neighborhoods first. Right. And so just because someone said and named this street murder doesn't mean that this street, the people on this street and these properties don't have value. Nice. Right. Mm. And then so it's only as valuable as we decide and we put that energy in that. And so we put that energy there and yeah. decided, like, we can do this. And these people deserve to have quality housing. You know, we don't need to walk past bandos every day on our way to school. How do we take that ownership and be able to do that? ourselves Gentrify
4: our own hoods. All
5: right. I love that, so
3: bandos, bandos, you know that's 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 slang term. Can we kind of break that down for
5: the audience? What people you know people may not know what that is? Yeah, so bandos that's like the boarded up, especially in Baltimore, <laughs> right? You think of the boarded up, yeah. shelled up houses, they've mm-hmm. fallen down like the houses we buy. Are a front wall and a tree growing up the middle. Yeah, they're, okay. they're vacant
6: properties. Yeah, right? okay. Properties that have been disinvested for years. Yep. Properties that, um, like Kiera said, there's trees and vegetation growing out, spray paint, negative energy in mm-hmm. and, and around them. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the bandos and the vacants. Yeah.
2: So how did you guys go from Connecticut to Baltimore?
6: So we came back home. Okay. I convinced her that I came up to Connecticut for love. Let's go back home, Yeah. right? Um, so we came back home. We transferred our jobs. It was a whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. We had a rehab happening I was in grad school, Kiara transferred her job, she was pregnant at the time, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff happening at once, but we told our story to our friends and our family, like, look, we bought this property. We didn't tell them beforehand, we told them after the fact, mm-hmm. after it was stable, after we started getting some tenants. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, whoa, you're not in real estate, you don't have a history of this, you don't have friends and family or background, in this. how are you doing it? Mm-hmm. right?" And then text after text and picture message and email after and call after call. Like, people want to know how to do this and how we got started. Mm -hmm. So we started in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. What year year did y'all go back to Baltimore? 2013.
2: 2013. 2013. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and what was your first project in, in Baltimore? How did that look? Yeah. Right. Baltimore is not. A, yeah. You know, Baltimore is of, You don't know, know what you're doing. It's kind of the wire in some places. Oh,
5: see, look, <laughs> see, i don't want to fake you about the wire thing. Kind of a trigger for me. It's <laughs> not well, nothing. Your, but let's
2: keep a it a hundred, though. I left, yeah. Yeah. I'm
1: thinking the same. I'm
3: like, let's talk about Baltimore. Like, really? Like, you come back home, And now you are looking at these numbers and you're looking at these vandals? You're looking at these opportunities yeah you're saying create your own opportunity how did you guys get started in Baltimore
5: yeah so the Connecticut property really set that foundation for seeing the opportunity right and so we got to Baltimore and it said okay how do we find that same opportunity here because we're driving around and to me all I saw was opportunity Mm -hmm. Um, and I saw you know kind of that same thing like this street called murder so I'm not touching that that's what I saw in Baltimore and so um, what we did was pay attention to what was happening and what was coming. And so the very first property in Baltimore, um, there was this area that was developed developing called Patterson Park, um, which probably five, ten years before that was tons it was of rough. bandos, right? Um yeah, it was rough. Um, And so it was a lot of development happening. And so we were seeing a lot of gentrification starting to pop off at Patterson Park. And then we also knew Johns Hopkins Hospital was is still the largest property owner in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And so they were buying up everything. And so we knew that they were making plans to do something. Um, And so we bought in the middle of those two areas, Mm. right? So we bought a property smack dab in the middle, understanding that there's only so many properties. And so the Patterson Park development was going to grow and push. And so was Johns Hopkins. And so it was going to hit that property at some point. So we're being strategic, right? Mm. So that's number one. Number two, we bought it. Well, so we bought it from and um, it was an auctioneer that was selling the property um, in McCaldery Park, actually. And um, so they we were selling it and that's cool. But in real estate, right, you only get what you can ask for. And so most people with an auctioneer, you think you got to buy it all cash or something fast. We asked them to sell or finance it. And Listen, we said
6: we, we young, we bold. We just did our first triplex. Like ain't nothing we can't do. Go ahead, right. ask the question,
5: yeah. see what they say. Yeah, and we had just done, a, done that deal with a nonprofit, so it set that foundation for how creative you can get with getting access to funding and and money for deals. And so our second property, the one in Baltimore, we seller finance that. So
2: break down seller financing yep. for folks who don't know what that is.
5: Absolutely. So we said rather than paying you um, whatever it was, like 20, a little less than thirty. Yeah, a little less yeah. than thirty thousand. Rather than paying that to you all at once. Would you be willing to hold the note? Would you be willing for me to pay you over time instead of paying you all upfront? Um, so we ended up having a mortgage similar to what you would have with a bank, but it was just the seller was the one that was the, the bank. Was the bank? Um, and so we did, um, I think it was like three years, um, right. a three-year seller finance deal with them. Um, so the we were paying them 675 a month for that three years. Um, we did, we worked with a private lender. So an individual who had money that was just sitting there they paid, we had a down payment, so they put money up towards the down payment. Um, and then we rented that property for about $1,100 a month. Mm. All right. Um, so that was that was the second deal. We probably put maybe 10 to 15 into it, um, bought it for about 30, 10 to 15 into it. So we're all in 45 and rented it for $1,100 a month. Now, fast forward um, about five, five, six years later, houses in that same neighborhood are selling for $160,000, $170,000.
2: Oh, that's good. So how did you guys find out about John Hopkins? You know, because I think that's one key thing that people miss out on is research and finding out what the corporations are doing. So how did you guys?
7: Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about
2: was going to go up and was buying mm-hmm. all this property in the area. So
6: for us, it's um it's really important to get specific and like zero down and get very niche. Mm-hmm. Um, so Baltimore is it, right. right? We focus on Baltimore and we can learn as much as possible about Baltimore through other developers, through newspapers, mm-hmm. through um, uh, uh, TV shows, uh, news, um, a little bit of everything. And like being able to focus and find out about those things and hone in on those things and knowing that anchor institutions are real mm-hmm. and that key developments happen. And then when a, a key commercial development happens, those residential properties around are gonna benefit from it because mm-hmm. a, I mean, a rising tide lifts all, all ships. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the opportunity immediately. Like, all right, let's jump on this.
5: Yeah, like we always talk about following the money. Right. So even if you don't have all the cashers, all these entities putting this money into different projects across the city, the city, the state, everyone that put all those millions of dollars in there have skin in the game on making sure that this is successful. Mm-hmm. So that's going to drive kind of that that flow. Right. It's going to yep. create that wave to be able to raise all those property values and start to get the interest. And so even for folks that have no idea about Baltimore, because everyone always wants to ask about zip codes or whatever else about the city the very least you can do is read the newspaper. Mm. Like online, mm-hmm. just really diving into what's happening, what's Local going on area. on the ground locally right. yeah. so that you can start seeing things like patterns. Wow, I just saw them talking about this neighborhood, you know, last week. Now they're talking about a whole nother development happening over there. Well, how do I dive down? Like how far are those in between? What properties are over there? So following the money that's already being spent really helps to narrow those types of things down. And specifically,
6: down. Yeah. the real estate section. Yeah, right. The business section, not the sports section. or the arts <laughs> All right. oh, hey, hey, You know? I mean, that's all fun right. and dandy. But th- that real estate section, when yeah. you see that the state of Maryland just put $20 million into a specific area, that piques your interest. Yeah. Mm. Or $30 million, or there's a, a $100 million TIF, a tax increment fi- financing structure that goes into an area where they, they basically make make a circle and say everybody who pays property taxes in this area, those a portion of those property taxes are going to go towards this specific development. Um, That type of stuff is public knowledge. Yeah. Mm.
3: So now you have your... Your one home, Mm -hmm. you already purchased in Baltimore. How did you continue to build your portfolio? Uh, Most people start with one and you know you guys seem like you kind of came out really, like really lucky because you didn't seem like you had any hiccups. But as you started (laughs) to build your (laughs)
4: your portfolio,
3: let's share some of some some of the challenges that you face with building your portfolio. And how you overcame those so you can continue to build out
5: what you have now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at first, the very first first deal, we We could go through, we could spend, yeah, (laughs) we bought the first one wrong, right? So not only was it on a street called murder, we were like, um, so again, you're out of college, you're trying to save money, right? Um, (laughs) So we had the option of doing a full warranty deed or, um, and that would cost another Mm $1,200 or a quick claim deed. And we said, well, let's just save the $1,200.
2: What's the difference between the two? So
5: the difference between the two, um, I explain a quick claim deed as buying a house with all its baggage, right? So what's the baggage? That is the taxes, the water bill, any old mortgages or liens, right? Anything against the property. So when you do a quick claim deed. You're buying the property and all its baggage versus a full warranty deed. You're able to buy a property free of all liens and encumbrances, no baggage, right? Mm-hmm. Just the property. Um, so, we bought the property and all its baggage. And in those bags was an $8,000 water bill and a $3,000 tax bill. A $3,000 tax bill. So, we didn't swing a hammer before we had to write a check. And listen,
6: the, the, mm. the lender who provided us the construction loan, they weren't going to give us anything until those things were cleared. Because yeah. the lender wanted to be in first position. Correct.
4: Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Right. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So, that, I mean, so we could go all day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're so not the people to sit here and act like we went yeah. through, like we are
4: valedictorians of
6: school apartment <laughs> yeah. summa cum laude the second property <laughs> <laughs> we're walking through the auctioneers giving us all the terms and stuff like, all right cool cool we close on it we acquire we get the private lender the seller financing terms work we open up the sink in in in, in the kitchen and like the plumbing's loose I'm like plumbing ain't supposed to be loose is it tied in b- behind the wall turns out they just stuck some plumbing in there oh, and made boy. it look like it was cool no plumbing running yeah, we got stories for days.
4: Stories
5: for days,
6: <laughs> and then day. is your second
2: property. That's the second one. property. Yeah, that's the
5: second one. The difference between us and anybody else is that we didn't stop,
2: Jim. Mm. Period. Keep going, Gym.
5: period. That's it. Like there, that's the only. That's only. We didn't have a trust fund. We didn't have an uncle that had been in real estate. We didn't have. You know, we just had. I think at the beginning, um, the we were kind of too young and naive to be scared to mm-hmm. start. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't deal with that fear. And then the second thing I think that was really big for us is that we kept we kept things tight to the chest. Like we didn't go and tell everybody everything that we were doing until we had too much for anybody to tell us anything, right? That was really the difference because for me um, and Khalil, like we didn't need any help to be scared. You don't need help. <laughs> you, know, like, you don't need help to have fear going through the process. Um, And so we were able to lean on each other to be able to navigate that or sometimes he would be on and I'd be off and I'd be on and he'd be off. So we had the benefit of balancing between each other. Um, But but we we just kept going.
2: Man, uh, that boy's moving silence. Sorry. That's the key. You got to keep things close to your vest Look. because your family and friends don't know a damn thing. No, and right. they will tell you everything under the blue sun and they'd be wrong as hell. Absolutely. No one thinking not it right. <laughs>
5: and, and, and sometimes out of their own, like it's hard to explain to somebody that you're doing a $130,000 renovation when they make $45,000 a year. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. a different conversation. So yeah. sometimes you can't even fault them for not being able to wrap their heads around it because the things that a lot of people are doing right now are just so... Big yes. compared to anything that our parents or their parents really understood. And so now they just look at us and kind of laugh and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what they do. But, um, but yeah, like you got to you got to keep that to your chest and make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who are either headed in the direction that you're trying to go or have been where you're trying to get to. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. You got to check your circle. Birds
2: of a feather flock together. Right, that's exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, right. I mean, you know, yep. he said you went from bandos to blocks. Yes. So now we're not talking about just one single property. Mm-hmm. How did you guys start building out blocks? Like, what made you start saying, okay, I'm focusing on this area,
4: mm-hmm. and
3: we're going to start developing our own community so that way we can— it's, it's, this is no longer Murder Street. This is Happy Street now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: absolutely. Um, the first time was actually a an accident to be completely honest. So we were doing marketing. So we were looking for for new deals and new properties. We knew of, again, kind of following the money. We knew of some projects that were coming along and some other developers that were doing some great work. And we found one property on a street um, that was nearby. But as we were analyzing the deal, we looked across the street and the whole street was empty. And we're mm. like, And half the street we was on were empty. And we're like, we do this. The appraiser
6: told us. The appraiser was like, I mean, it's hard to appraise when you got all these other vacants all around.
5: So it was like, if we're going to do this one, we got to do them all. And that's how that started. So we took that one property and then started to marketing to other owners. Because a lot of the properties, and this is something people don't realize about Baltimore, a lot of the vacant properties are actually not city owned. They're owned by individuals. They're owned by people who bought those houses, and they could get something really cheap and just weren't held accountable to actually getting it done. It's about 90% mm-hmm. of them. Yeah.
6: Really? Mm-hmm. So how
2: did you guys go about finding who's the owner
6: of these properties? It's public record. Mm-hmm. So the land records shows you who the owner is. They give you the address where the owner currently lives or receives mail. Yeah. Um, and if that information is hard to find, somebody's paying the property taxes. Somebody's paying the water bill. You can always look at those records to find those, too. Yeah.
5: And we're, we're old school. We still send letters. Our letters are pretty. They they got their uh, design. You know, <laughs> yeah. we handwrite on the envelopes mm. when we were doing them ourselves and everything. Old school tactics. Old school tactics. Old school we tactics. I wasn't cold calling nobody. Mm. So we um, but yeah, we sent letters and reached out to them. They would call us back. And because we were so targeted and we knew exactly what we are looking for. We get a lot of really good responses on um, when we're actually doing marketing, because we're not out here just trying to do everything everywhere, but really intentional about what it is we're trying to accomplish.
2: Mm, say that again. Yeah. Yeah. Intentional <laughs> about what you Intentional.
5: To do. Intentionality. Like, I think sometimes maybe because of the Internet and social media or whatever, it's, it's a lot of just kind of jumping around to whatever is cute at the time. Um, but we like to do things with purpose. And so we spend a lot of time if, if we're going to do like a marketing push or a campaign, we know what our goals are, like what we're trying to accomplish with these properties. So that even when we're sending the letters out, it's speaking to the owners. Right. Mm-hmm. We know what your situation is because, you know, we're targeting this one block. I know what's wrong with this block. Yeah. So <laughs> let yep, us help yep. you, you know, let us help you get it done.
6: And just like our very first one, we, we sit on the block. And we'll yeah. talk to the neighbors and we'll understand what's going on in the area and yeah. get to know people. And that's really how you find not only people who will help you out and, hey, I just saw somebody walk into your property. Is that cool? Yeah, that's a plumber. But but you'll also find people who care yeah. right, and want to help you and, and do things politically mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, and, 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 and otherwise to make sure that you're doing well. Um, mm-hmm. And you got all the tools you need to be as successful as possible. Yeah, mm. man. Uh-
2: I am liking this conversation yeah. so far and I think the common theme from a lot of our successful investors is they're very everyone's very intentional mm-hmm. and you're you're, you're hyper focused on what you need to be focused on you're not scattered mm-hmm. all, all over the place and then another thing is every all the successful investors are doing recon in these areas they they're speaking to the neighbors they're speaking oh, they're going to the bodegas you're going you, you're meeting the people <laughs> yep. you're in the barbershops you're doing everything that you need to do in those areas to learn the pulse of that area. Whereas a lot of people, just because of the internet, they just see things like, oh, I want to go there. right? I want to go there. And they don't really know what the hell they're doing. They don't know the pulse of the community. They don't know anything. And they wind up losing. Absolutely. You know, and then they get that bad experience. And then they say, you shouldn't invest in real estate. Right, right, right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> real estate is
4: terrible. Or Baltimore is
5: terrible. And the thing about Baltimore, too, another thing that we're really big on is going to the community association meetings. So, like going to where the people who are making the ru- making the decisions, who are pulling the strings for the city about um, if we're trying to do you know a city-owned project or whatever, they're going to go to the community association to sign off. Well, we already have relationships there, right? And mm. so, being able to build those relationships here, I understand what the um, goals of the community are, and so for us, we're going into these neighborhoods and spaces looking to add value there, right? We can't do that from you know, a thousand foot view, we have to know what the people next door want, right? If we Mm -hmm. want to to grow and transform Baltimore in a way that's different than Oakland or Harlem or Brooklyn or some other places where people felt, D.C., felt like things just happened and they had no say in it, for us to not be part of that, um, we have to be on the ground and next to the people who have been there and always been there so that we're also fulfilling their mission for their own neighborhoods and communities so that we can have development without displacement. We can be Mm -hmm. able to, you know, development without without displacement. displacement.
2: That's that's a Development without
5: displacement. That's important. Like we can we're buying vacant houses and turning them into homes. Right. We don't have to push everybody out. And and it's so crazy to me because, you know, gentrification, by definition, is raising the values of a community to middle class standards. So we can argue all day about middle what middle class actually (laughs) means. Right. But at the end of the day, Auntie Mabel up the street likes to walk her dog, mm. right? She wants to be able to get fresh food on the corner and she wants to, you know, be able to do whatever as well. Yeah. Like, we don't have to leave. there; We shouldn't have to leave our communities um, and be there when they have their challenges and not be there when, you know, they, we can have they, when trees. When they become beautiful. And, yeah, when they're beautiful. Yeah. And so that's part of what we're trying to do is bring and add more life, but not take out and remove life
2: that's already there. That's dope. I love that. I love that. that. That's dope. We can pop that up for that one.
3: So with your homes that you're that you're developing and you guys are building out these communities, so I imagine that you have um, programs that you're using to help these (laughs) help help the community as far as renting back from you and you know how how did you go about creating those type of relationships? and holding these properties and making sure that you're not displacing people, that you're beautifying the community. You are gentrifying the community, Mm -hmm. but you're not displacing them.
5: Yeah, that's multifold. There's so many like we house kids who are aging out of foster care in our homes. Well, we've helped our tenants um, edit resumes and keep custody of their kids. Right. Mm. So it's part of that, like as a landlord, being able to do more and, and add more value to our tenants um but also kind of working within the community association like what is it that you need like how do we help bring in Additional resources, being able to close, been doing this for a really long time. We work with some um, affordable housing nonprofits yeah. so that we can work alongside them, bring the expertise and understand how to actually do the homes. And they help make sure that the houses are permanently affordable in the same neighborhoods where we're doing market rate housing. So you have that diversity of housing stock and incomes. And so as we're, you know, we might be flipping a house. There's always that home there for I'm able if she needs it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, to balance all that out.
6: And there's an income restriction that disallows anybody who makes a certain income to, to live in that house. The houses are selling for, um, you know, 33 percent less than what the market is, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic because it allows for that person to truly afford a permanently affordable house. And because we we develop houses in a way that makes sure that the the uh, the house that's a market rate is um, seamless and extremely similar to the house that's a permanently affordable rate, you can't, can't tell. tell. We put islands in our permanently affordable housing. We do recess lights in our permanently affordable housing. Mm-hmm. They're really beautiful in products. Yeah. People want to live there and they want to take care they're of right. it. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not going to turn
2: it back into a bando. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
5: And they can right. be homeowners in these houses. They're buying these houses. So then you're 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 going from being a tenant to being. A homeowner as well, which shifts kind of—that's a mindset shift. Yeah. You might mm-hmm. be the first person your whole family just ever owned a house, yeah. right. and so that is is also a piece because home ownership is a cornerstone to being able to Absolutely. build that well. And no, then we also incredible.
6: share um, information with the community association about like the homestead tax credit yeah. that mm-hmm. keeps your property taxes low and then phases it in so that you're not all of a sudden hit with a developer like us coming in.
1: You know how to book flights and hotels. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent
3: away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. You
6: want a bunch of houses, your property taxes sh- shoot up immediately. Yeah. Instead, it phases in over 10, 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the renter's tax credit. There's mm-hmm. all kind of different programs. Renter's tax credit. The yeah, I've cred. never heard that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the state of Maryland has a renter's tax credit. The the idea is that a renter, part of their rent is going towards the property taxes for the, for the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how it's justified. Yeah. But the renter's tax credit is a check from the state. It's between $1,000 and $1,500. Um, and it's just, it's written out to the tenant so that the tenant can afford to live right. in their home.
5: Yeah. So if, wow. the, if the property value is increasing and then the taxes are increasing, they're assuming that the home, the landlord is also increasing your rent. Mm-hmm. And so they're able to offset the rent increase through the, the renter's tax Who has to credit. apply
2: for that, the landlord or the tenant? The, the tenant. tenant. The tenant has the to tenant, apply. Which yep. is...
5: Part of the challenge of so, you know yeah, getting yeah. people into doing that. The so, challenge, uh, challenge. forming the community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Part of the challenge. <laughs>
4: wink, wink. <laughs> right, okay.
6: right. So Therefore. making sure that um, the community association knows, yeah. so that the people in the community know, uh, mm-hmm. and that information is um, disseminated to everybody who needs it.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Man, that's interesting. Yeah. Maryland, the state of
2: Maryland, and the home has to be at a certain price point. What is tax credit like? Nope. What are, What are some of the qualifications? No, no,
6: no. So it's it's really just is as, as long as um, uh, the renter kind of shows that they are uh, income re- restricted and they need the help. Mm -hmm. That's the only real criteria. Of course, there's documents and paperwork and things that they have to fill out in the process to go through.
5: It's mostly paperwork.
6: Yeah. And so that's when the challenge comes in because they don't want to do the paperwork.
5: So you
2: as the landlord will probably have to step in, Mm -hmm. hold their hand a little bit, tell them everything's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: Let them know it's
2: going to be all right. Let's get this paperwork done so you can can get this benefit. How long does it take for, you know, because, you know, dealing with the government, always some time, restraints, right? How long does it take for this to kick in? So I've heard,
6: what, a month or two?
5: Yeah, it's not terribly long. I think the biggest thing, because they have a pretty strong pot of money because it's not a whole lot of people doing it. So it's not usually a a long waiting period. It's really just the math of how they calculate how much cash you get. But they, they do it every single year. The
6: state of Maryland is a very wealthy state. It's one of the yeah. top. Yeah, Maryland's very yeah. They, got I mean, <laughs> they got it. not number one. They got it. Yeah, they definitely got it.
2: Look, I like that. I, I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody who's watching this, so everybody here, if you're looking to invest in Maryland Baltimore, you need to start looking into these different programs. And, you know, a couple of our investors are heavy with, with um especially with your rentals mm-hmm. using all these programs because people only think section eight mm-hmm. section eight but there's so many different programs yeah in Baltimore like what same name something else that, yeah. that, that might be an interest to the audience so
5: um B I always get it mixed up B H R P or BRHP I get the, the letters mixed up all the mm-hmm. time um BRHP um that's a um Baltimore Regional Housing Partnership is another organization in Baltimore that's similar to Section Eight, in that they provide vouchers. Usually, it's above market. Um, but some of the differences are that the um, the tenant actually has an assigned um, worker, like an assigned mm. um, manager, case manager, who will come to the house and like check things out. And you know, they are making sure that your house is in, is in good stand. And they're making nice. sure that the tenant has the resources to find the jobs and keep jobs. And they're kind of balancing based on, um, the market rate and how much the tenant's making, how, you know, how much they're subsidizing. Um, but that's one of like, personally, that's one of my favorite (laughs) programs because it is seamless. You still get it on the first of the month, but there's more resources and support for the tenant. Um, and then you have St.
6: St. Ambrose is a great program. Mm -hmm. It's a nonprofit in Baltimore that, um, basically provides tenants and and, uh, uh, funding for tenants Mm -hmm. for landlords and owners who want a house hack. So if you have an extra room or an extra um, uh, apartment or something, um, you can get a tenant subsidize it, and, uh, and St. Ambrose will provide the funding. <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on. So they, they're
2: promoting house hacking? Right. Yeah.
6: Indirectly, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love this. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And then you don't even have to have a separate y- unit, right? So you can be in a single-family home, and sometimes people feel like they can't house hack that, right? You need multiple units. Well, with St. Ambrose, you can rent a room through St. Ambrose to an individual person, and they have a voucher. To help support that. Oh, that's amazing. That's a gem
2: right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. House hacking through programs. House hacking
5: through
3: programs.
2: Gotta love Gotta love Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> right. You
3: gotta love Maryland. I love this. So let's talk about you. You guys own blocks. About mm-hmm. how many? How many properties do you own right now? And um, are you cash flowing? And of course, you're buying a hold. So you, I can imagine you're not. You guys aren't in this to flip. You're here to create community and hold on to these properties?
5: Yeah, so we have a mixture. So one of the things that we've found, especially as we tapped into what the communities want and the city wants, is that they want to build home ownership. They have plenty of renters, right? And so they want to build home ownership to help create that wealth, make sure people have ownership in what's happening in their neighborhoods. You tend to see when people own that they place a little bit more value to what's going on. Um, so we've been kind of balancing between our rental portfolio, which we had, you know, well over 20 units by the time we were 30. Um, but the but some of the block projects has been how do we transfer these vacant houses into homes and create homeowners in the process? Um, and so um, right now, I mean, we have what, I mean, six so or seven active renovation projects nice. like yep. right this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we and these have, are for
6: sale flips. Yeah, these are mm. for yeah, sale. Yep.
5: Um, We have three that are about to close in the next like four weeks. Um, We've
6: been in control of, because it's not necessarily how much you own, right? It's what you're in control of. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all know that through different entities and and, and things like that, but hundreds of different properties um, that we've been in control of over the years. So just to give a little timeline, we, We started with the rentals. We built our rental portfolio so that back in 2015, 16, we both left our permanent jobs Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, we had enough money from our rental incomes to sustain our life. Uh, And then we decided to flip. We could have definitely sat on those rentals, paid them off, kept, you know, snowballing by another rental every year Mm -hmm. and been completely fine. Um, but we wanted to flip. So yeah. um, we started doing that and then we scaled that business up yeah. um, so that we have multiple flips that are uh, in the different processes and different phases currently.
4: Yeah.
6: Um, to the point where uh, we looked at our construction company, our, our A-team, mm-hmm. right, our primary GC, um, he had an event where one of his partners exited. He was looking for a partner, so we acquired it.
4: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
6: -hmm. So we recently acquired a construction company, which is great, and Mm -hmm. increased our our standing and increased our um, uh, bandwidth and and capacity and controlled our cost, vertically Mm -hmm. integrated,
5: um, prices uh, got too high we had to make sure we controlled Yeah, had yeah. control it yeah
2: prices up, up up
4: yeah up all of them and yeah. it
3: was kind of stuck for so like- <laughs> <laughs> you know how we do over here yeah.
2: <laughs> so let's speak about bandwidth right yeah. you guys got a new project that you're working on mm-hmm. right so the floor is yours with this one because oh, yeah.
3: this is something special. It's on the screen, I see something. Yeah, it's, special. On, it's on the
6: screen yeah, right now. So, so let's talk about your, your new baby. Yes. Yeah, it yes. is our new baby. This one's fun. So um, uh, the RFP came out. So for those who don't know, an RFP is a request for pr- proposals. So a city or a private person has some land and they say, "I don't know what to to do with it. Give me a proposal." Multiple people, um, whoever has the best, they 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 win. Um, so we submitted. A um, bunch of people did, and we we won. Right? Nice. so we're going to be building about 50 houses brand new town houses right by Johns Hopkins Hospital Wow that's amazing
2: so it's on the screen right now so tell us about what we're looking at on the screen right now because this yeah. is this look this rendering looks beautiful Thank yeah. you appreciate
6: it yeah so our architect is great um, <laughs> this is in an area called Eager Park it's a brand new area um, in Baltimore City, like I said right by Johns Hopkins Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, unfortunately, back in early two thousands, a lot of people were displaced mm-hmm. out, of, out of this area, and eminent domain allowed the city to capture a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. They were bando's, they were they were vacants, they were boarded. Um, now people got paid to leave, right? And and they happily received their check. And what's and eminent domain out. for the people mm-hmm. who don't know what that is? Eminent domain is basically when um, a property is uh, so um, dis in, in invested that um, the city has to take over.
5: Right. Okay. Or the um, city decided they had something better to do with that space, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So between those two, so yeah. They
6: basically yeah. come and say, look, it's we're going to commandeer
2: you, your shit and yeah. get the hell up out of it basically. Either fix it or we're taking it. T- yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: Or we're taking it or we're taking it. Yeah,
6: or or it, we're that's what domain, they're taking it. Because
2: yeah. yeah. yeah.
5: yeah. they're doing
3: that in parts of Atlanta. Yeah. When they start expanding highways, they will just literally, they're going to take your home.
4: Yeah.
3: And that happens often, so now, What
6: happened from there? Yeah, so from there, um, this 88-acre area was parceled off and then sold to Mm -hmm. different folks. This was beginning in, call it 2005, until now. Um, So now there's a new hotel there, uh, there's a bunch of new food retail mm-hmm. in the area. There's Starbucks. a Starbucks. There's a uh, Starbucks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, we That's all love when we see the Starbucks and the Target. We're like, yeah, we're up now. Yeah, <laughs> <right?
4: yeah>. <laughs> <Starbucks>.
6: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a brand new, beautiful school, mm-hmm. state of the art. It was the first school built in uh, in this area in the last 25 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a brand new park with outdoor workout equipment with. Um, Uh, playground and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But it's it's a beautiful area. It does have a difficult history. So part of the RFP was, okay, we need people who can um, bring back displaced folks, Mm -hmm. folks who left and want to come back. We have to provide housing for them. So affordable housing was part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.
0: And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
6: Economic inclusion was part of it. So providing opportunities to businesses that are minority-owned, women-owned, local businesses, and a whole bunch of different things. But We put the team together. Um, shout out to the other uh, small minority-owned developer, Mason Dixon and Properties, um, and, uh, and we have a, a very strong team, and we won. Mm-hmm. But the best part about this, mm-hmm. and um, uh, the best part about this for me, I should say, <laughs> <laughs> is that um, my, my former employer, who I left a while oh, ago, um, competed for this project
2: and they love, <laughs> and they it. that's a gem <laughs> we love that they competed and took it an out
3: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. sometimes you work so hard it's okay just to be a little petty a little a little a little good. Good. It's, it's okay yeah, it's we okay we like daddy
2: over here at the ranch
3: so you guys got all this going on I think we want to start with okay you started with one property you started going into yeah. buying blocks you know what were some like what are some small simple steps like this is this is huge like mm-hmm. you you've gotten here Let's talk about to let's talk to someone that is looking to just develop a block mm-hmm. tell them how you went about it like financing just some something some quick things and where they need to go to find this government funding and yeah. get all these resources so that way that most of us think we just got to do all of these things out of pocket and talking to you all you're like oh no i I'm using the resources that that are that are available to me so mm-hmm. I can you know, leverage
5: those to, cre- to create my um, portfolio? So the first thing, because everyone wants to buy the blog, right? That's mm-hmm. a pretty dope hashtag. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Not everybody really knows and understand the work that become mm. that goes behind being able to say, like, I did that, right? And so for me, it's really important to set that stage because it, I'm very glad that we started with, you know, kind of building up as we got there. Because buying a block, that means that there is a block of properties that have been disinvested or sitting vacant. For you to buy and renovate and develop this block, especially for not only rental housing, but also in particular, uh, being able to flip the property, you're not just selling the house, you're selling the entire neighborhood, Mm -hmm. right? Then when you think about trying to finance the properties and doing things like that, your appraisals, the evaluations, and stuff, you are creating the market, you're creating your own comps. Like that's work. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about that as developers, we talk about being the first loser because that's Mm. the truth of the matter. When you're starting on that block, you're starting from behind because you're creating the wave that you're gonna get to at the end. And so I'm big on, I'm so big on setting that foundation. Like you're not gonna get the BS from me. You have to understand that they're going into that project. You have to know that, um, that that's hard to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, okay, so get off of that. So how (laughs) do you find it? Okay. I'm going to get off of that. No, I I like that you stayed
3: there because now let's talk about it. So let's say you bought your first block. You got the first property. How did you, how were you able to develop this property, set the comps to get the next one and the next one and the next one? Yeah. Like what did you do to ensure that you can continue to Bring these values up because
5: that is what buying the block is, is about. That's what it's all about. So the first one we had to set the stage to be able to really tell our story. Like you have to control that narrative and be very intentional about who your listening agent is. Do they do they buy into your entire vision? Um, and then really being able to market the entire neighborhood, we started to work with the community associations and other developers in the area about what they were doing, because now your success is my success. So how do I help you get your project that you said you were going to start six months ago off the ground? Right. Because yeah. We all need to be able to do this together. So it's a lot of networking you get from um, you get out of, you know, really. Analyzing this individual deal to really working through like how do I underwrite this entire neighborhood like that's it's a Mm. different conversation Um, and then you bring in you know um, city councilmen and all this political stuff comes in as well it's it's different than just I'm gonna do the sixty five or seventy percent rule at this point it doesn't work that way (laughs) but for your first project you have to really budget that that's not going to sell as quickly as your other ones if you're going to Um, If you're trying to flip or even if you're doing rentals, chances are you're funding with probably short term capital money that you're kind of coming in. You got a construction loan or something. You have to pay those off faster, Mm -hmm. um, typically. And so you have to build into your budget the fact that you're probably going to need to sit on this one a little bit longer than the others. um, And. Um, you have to have, you are you need to have that plan. You got to have money. This isn't like the no money debt. This definitely... Yeah. <laughs> no money debt. This, yeah, this ain't, ain't 100% no money. 100% financing. This yeah. ain't the no credit. Like this ain't, you're not there yet if that's the conversation you're trying to have. Um, But, but yeah, so you want to get, you want to have everything set up where if you're going to work with short-term capital, you have more patient capital or money that can mm-hmm. 15, 30-year refinance money that you have ready to go if you're trying to keep keep the property as a as a rental. Mm. And whoever you're working with, um, we always talk about you want to build your well before you're thirsty. So you're building those relationships with those lenders early on so that they even, they're not paying as much attention to the numbers of the properties because they might be a little bit janky when you're starting, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. they know and understand you, right? Yeah. They're investing in you and your vision and yep. what you're able to do more so than the the numbers on the first few deals, because that can be, that can be hard. So you have to have like a bigger game and, you know, a larger vision to really be able to do it, especially in spaces like Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So,
2: you know, Baltimore is one of those cities that I personally feel gets redlined a lot. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's the
5: birthplace of redlining. Yeah,
2: it's definitely the birthplace of redlining, right? So now how are you guys getting the funding and the financing for a project of this scale mm-hmm. when it's the birthplace of mm-hmm. Redliner. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Those, those relationships. Yeah, yeah, The,
6: <laughs> the relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we're fortunate in this project where a lot of the other developments have, have already happened. Right? Oh, the one, the yep. comps are mm-hmm. stronger yep. at this point. Yeah. Um, like Kiera said, there's a Starbucks. We got the Walgreens. There's a hotel there. Um, there's a lot of different amenities in the area. So the market is there mm-hmm. at this point. But when you're first starting out buying a block. I mean, it's, it's tough. Yeah. And what, what we learned that um, that had we gone back in time for our first block and, and done it again over, um, you got to get the city involved as yeah. quickly mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, Department of Housing, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Housing Authority, mm-hmm. whomever has cash, mm-hmm. because it's, it's a mindset shift. Every city wants to increase the population. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to provide housing. They want to provide jobs. Right. So um, when you think about it, okay, if the city wants to provide housing, they want to incentivize that and they will pay dollars through grants Mm -hmm. in order to help people build houses in areas that otherwise are disinvested. Mm -hmm. Um, So when you have the idea and the plan and the numbers don't quite work, you reach out to the city. Look, this is the pro forma, the financial model, the capital stack. This is the gap. This is what I need you, Mr. or Mrs. Mayor to participate in, yeah. So let me let's talk about capital stack, mm-hmm. right? right. <laughs> we on the same
4: page? Just the same thing.
2: Capital stack. <laughs> Break down what is a capital stack yeah. and how do you go about on the capital sca- yeah. stack? Yeah.
6: Yep. So the capital stack is essentially a stack of money, mm-hmm. right? It's it's how the project is funded. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got your debt at you know somewhere between sixty to eighty percent loan to value. Typically, mm-hmm. it's sixty-five. You got your equity. Um, the money that you're putting in, or your investors are putting in, um, and then you have like tax credits. You can have grants. You can have um, uh, other, a few other other items. But that's the capital stack. It's mm-hmm. the stack of money that allows you to do a development deal, whether it's one house or it's fifty houses.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like that. It. That was a good breakdown. Mm-hmm. That was a gem mm-hmm. for those, because right. I know a lot of people when they hair cap, they don't know what the hell <laughs> right. that yeah. means. So you know, you got to break that down for yeah.
3: them. Yeah, absolutely. So when you guys first started off, like. You know, I always like to bring it back down to step one mm-hmm. because everybody always looks at, you know, they, they don't look at someone's chapter 20 when you're on chapter one. Right. Absolutely. So let's just say they want to buy one property or develop one property. They could still go to um, go and find these programs that will help them develop one property. Because what the key word here and what I'm starting to find is you're not talking about what you're doing for yourself. So you're like, I'm going to develop this property because I want it to be affordable housing for this area. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's going to help this community. And if I can do this property and set the comp, then I can buy this property and that one. So how do you kind of create that package? And um, like you said, just Google, go to different places, but you're finding the money. What I see, the key sense is you're using other people's money, mm-hmm. but you're not using lender's money. You are going for the government Grants and programs and you're basically changing communities. Yeah. Yeah. And
6: there's something really specific that you said. I want to touch on it really quickly. And the next one and the next one. And then do more. Right. You have to be able to articulate the vision Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. um, Yes. Forty thousand dollars into a house from from a grant is great. Um, Everybody has to start with one house. But they also have to know what that vision is, that, that bigger vision. They want mm-hmm. to put, put $400,000 into 10 houses. Right. Right? They don't want to just do one, one house and then you leave and back out and, and, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so being able to say, yes, we're doing one now because we have to get started. But this one's vacant. This one's vacant. I've contacted the owner here under contract. We have everything ready to, 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 to rock and roll. Let's do this first one, yeah. year year one, and then let's scale up very quickly, very aggressively so that you guys can see what we can do. That's important for people who are looking to... Uh yeah. Uh, leverage those funds.
5: Yeah, and what close, especially with in Baltimore specifically, having kind of that vision and a bigger package is really how you get most of that money, right? Mm-hmm. In Baltimore, it's so easy to get money to buy a property that you're going to live in. They given, mm-hmm. they just like
4: yeah.
5: throwing money at that, which is amazing. But as an investor, if you don't have like a package, it's harder to get the grant funds until you're in like a bigger space, until you're doing a block right. or things like that. Um, but in the meantime, it's about being creative with your funding sources. So um, having the audacity to ask an auctioneer to seller finance, right? Audacity. Talking about having the right. audacity <laughs> to ask. <laughs> you right? ask me to
6: seller finance. I'm an auction I'm, ho- right? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah.
5: yeah, having the audacity to ask and being okay with hearing no, because mm. a no now isn't a no forever, especially mm. in this in this market That's and in this yes, real estate. Yeah, yeah. Don't real estate.
2: don't get fat. Period
5: at all. Um, and so. Um, and so be, having that audacity to ask, being creative, understanding, like checking your own mi- mindset around money. Like they literally print that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And in this past year, they had that on overdrive, right?
4: Everybody
5: got to get money. So so understanding kind of shifting that mindset because the money is out there. It's just really about you putting yourself in a position to, to get a hold of that, because you probably know somebody that has a bunch of money just sitting in a bank account somewhere. Earning nothing on it, well, maybe you can put that money to work a little bit better and be able to leverage that to to do your own portfolio. So we've always been really creative with how we've structured our Mm -hmm. rental property to be able to roll those funds or whatever we want to do into other projects that we were doing if we were using hard money or nonprofits or whatever else to do more.
3: Everything's a tool. Yeah,
5: Everything. everything. Yeah. Everything. You, well, how about this?
3: You said there, was, there has to be a package, right? Yeah. You know, from a realtor standpoint, I pretty much know what should be in the package. But yeah. I want you to share with someone that, listen, I want to buy this house and I know it's in an area that's a little challenging. Mm-hmm. What are three things I need to put in my package before I start Googling the government, what, what government mm-hmm. funding Fund, and yeah. funding from my community? What are three main things I need to know? So I can also create my own package, so I can start leveraging these funds. Mm-hmm. The first one is the finances. Period. Yes.
4: You,
6: you got to have your numbers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's that's where you where you can ask for the gap. Yeah. Um, whether that's ten thousand or a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. that's where you can um uh, know what your construction costs are or your closing costs, your acquisition, all the different. Uh, expenses that go through your, your carry costs, which a lot of people miss. Yeah. Um. You, you got to have those fi- financials. Yeah, in the, that
5: package. Yeah. The numbers are important, and then you got to be able to show your capacity to actually do the job. Mm-hmm. So, what's your experience? Who's on your team? What's your construction company doing? What have they done? What have you done? So, having showing that the receipts. Where the give me the receipts, bro? Mm-hmm. Let me know that if I'm giving you this money, that you know what to do with it, right? Um, and so that's going to be really big as, as number two. And then the third is, is the vision. You got to be able to tell the story. You have to be able to connect with the person, making the decisions and and controlling the purse strings that they're investing in something that's larger so that they have a story to tell to whoever they're, they're accountable to, right? You got to give them the language to sell it.
2: Man, lots of gems in this episode from Bando to blocks, man. A lot of information. Um, so Rants and Gems. We like to always end mm-hmm. with uh, a rant. Mm-hmm. You
5: know? I, I do that well. And uh, in gym.
2: <laughs> so give us a rant. What's pissing you off right now? We want to know.
5: All right, so I'm going to take it back because y'all mentioned The Wire. And so I said... <laughs> I am I I'm mad. I'm
2: sorry. Right, let, let, me tell you, that. let me tell Let me, let me Look, because let me break
5: it Because on the down. outside, that's what no, we're seeing. Me and Stringer Bell was, was friends,
3: though. In yeah. my head. Yeah. Yeah. Love, I love that show. They love them
5: from Omar. But you know what? That put such a, um, like, The Wire in Baltimore became synonymous, yeah. right? And it was a great show, but it's terrible branding for the city. <laughs> like, it's terrible yeah. branding. And the truth of the matter is, um, you know, Baltimore has bandos and they have multi-million dollar houses. And they don't, ain't but two, three miles apart, yeah. right? And so when um. we talk about Baltimore, we have to be very careful about um, labeling it with one one broad brush, understanding Mm. that there is a lot. And even the things that you think about with Baltimore with crime or whatever else, a lot of times, if you really narrow that down to where a lot of that stuff's happening, you might pick four, five, six corners. Mm. And that's it, right? And so, we have, like, I'm very, like, sensitive on that specifically because it it just, it paints one broad brush. There's so much going on in Baltimore. We, well, we live, I'm going to say this, but... We are, you know, in a space where we got four floors that all look at water mm. and we're in a but- we got an elevator inside. Talk the house. your shit, okay? girl. Okay. No, talk What's the name
3: of that place you guys got? Um it's the outdoor place you can go eat the food and um Come on. you all the seafood All is? the seafood, at. not uh, the wharf, though. Not the wharf. The, at the harbor? At the harbor! The, Harvard, Harvard. Yeah. the, the Harvard. Harvard. See, since yeah. you're from there, yeah. it's not the a big Harvard. deal to yeah. you. But the the let me tell you, for us out of towners, it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And you can yeah. go out there, you can eat, and yeah. it's, it's so, so beautiful sporty. there, and it's
5: yeah. so gorgeous. So I, I can understand your yeah. frustration. Yeah, there's a lot of beautiful places. We got the best food. Yeah. We have <laughs> amazing yeah. culture.
2: I ain't gonna even hold you up on the food part. The food! The seafood yeah is next level. The level. It really is. And
5: we have so many new restaurants. There's a lot of development. There's a lot of money hitting the street in Baltimore Mm -hmm. right now. There's so much happening. And so, like... You know, we got to see that. We got to see opportunity in our neighborhoods. So
4: the rent
6: and stop calling
5: on and Y. We are not, B-more. not the that. Yeah.
6: Can so I get a rant? I get one Get your rant. Yo, when people come in, they buy a house and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. They buy a bando, They want these dollar houses. They heard about some ancient program from Once Upon a Time. You got yeah. okay. No, you, you said
3: that like a, like it was like a quick little clip, but you have to kind of expand about that just a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit yeah. about these dollar houses how it works, if they're still available, and I understand your rent. But you got to say, this is my rent, but this is the solution. Yes. All right. That-
4: Give me <laughs> a rent in
3: the gym on that.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the rent in the gym. All right, so the dollar house program back in the 80s, 1980s, um, they had a program. You can buy a dollar house, um, uh, and then you fix it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the ca- caveats to that, they, uh, the, the city had a bunch of money. They could lend it out, mm-hmm. right? So you got low-interest loans to help fix it out. These dollar houses were in very specific areas, they weren't the whole city. Mm-hmm. Um, the program's no longer here.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
6: It's just not, and and in our opinion, it's probably not going to come back. On mm-hmm. um, uh, whether that's good or bad. So like when people come into Baltimore, they find afford, uh, uh, affordable vacant houses that they want to buy and they want to fix up and they want to rent and sell. Um, but then they get stuck. Mm-hmm. That's my rant, mm-hmm. right? So my my gem on that is like find some mentors. Run the numbers, know the comps, drive the area, understand the area. Can you be successful in Baltimore? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. We mm-hmm. have All been, we, we have mentor, mentees. Yeah. We have tons of people who we know who are very um, successful in scaling and growing mm-hmm. um, specifically in the area. But like, take the time to make sure that you, uh, you do it the right way. Right. That's the
5: gym. That's the yeah. gym. Do your due diligence. <laughs> right. yeah. Do your, do your research. Diligence. All 5,000 cool. our houses ain't good deals. Yeah. <laughs> Everything yeah.
6: that glitters ain't going,
5: huh? <laughs> Right. That's what
2: they say, right? That's what they say. That's nah, what they told You got me. a gem for us? Because you gave us a rant.
5: I have, I'm great at rants. Um, <laughs> 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 no, the, the gem, I think, I, I mean, I think the gem really is, like, we. we really have, we're in a time where we have the opportunity and the ability to take control of what's happening in our neighborhoods. Mm. And we just, it's time to do it. It's time to do it. I love
2: that. that. Gentrify our own hoods. That's
3: all right. Great. Do we have any questions?
2: Anyone have any questions for us? They quiet.
3: Okay, they quiet.
2: They quiet. <laughs> so, look, this was a, a, a great episode. Um, thank you guys for thank coming all the way good. from More, yes. all the way down here to Wakanda. <laughs>
4: right. And <laughs> <laughs> joining us.
2: And, um, you know, showing us a project because this is something that you guys haven't told anyone yeah. in the um, internet world. Yeah, so thank you for dropping the exclusive here on the Ransom Gym Show. We definitely appreciate you guys. Um, tell the people how to find you, how to hit you guys up. If they want to join one of your programs, let them know.
5: Yeah, you can find us uh, at Charm City Buyers everywhere. So on Instagram and Twitter um, and YouTube. And you can check us out at charmcitybuyers.com. We have a really dope, completely free class all about what's happening in Baltimore and why people all over the country need to be investing in Baltimore right alongside us. So you can find that. At CharmCityBuyers.com, I love that. I love it. I
2: love it. So look, man. Thank you guys again. Matt Garland here, NMLS MLS number five eight seven zero zero, better known as MG the Mortgage Guy,
3: and I am Kiana Watson, Broker Extraordinaire, license number three (laughs) one seven five seven six. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rants and Gems Show.
4: Peace.